Welcome to WSG's podcast. Hi, Lishmi. Hi, Sarah. Okay, so let's continue uh, on our topic of divorce. But today we are on part three of the. We speak about children in care. So children in care, when we refer to them, we are referring to children in care that are staying with their relatives or staying in children's homes, and staying with foster parents. Yes, that's right. Now let's start. Yeah, staying with relatives during during the divorce. What do you? What are your? Well, okay. Children staying with relatives during divorce. Okay, as far as concerned, um, when I talk, when we talk about children in divorce, um, the first option that I think the Singapore law would actually choose is to put um kids with family members, um, as in people who the children are familiar with. Yeah, correct. So familiar with and um familiar. in most cases, um it might it might prove successful uh with um actually housing the kids with um relatives, but we do see some cases whereby um as time goes on, um relatives find these kids a burden. And you know, these kids also start feeling um the differential um treatments with um themselves compared to um maybe the cousin or another kid staying in that household itself so there are two ways to actually look at this when we talk about um mm-hmm. kids staying with relatives during um the divorce proceedings and even after that hmm one thing I think that um, there is a higher possibility is that for the child to get abused compared to the other two options where the child is in a foster with a foster parent or in a children's home. The reason being is because yeah, these relatives have, have already been you know, acquainted with the child for a longer time because they're family members and they probably might feel that because they already know each other, that they are very comfortable to just like be angry at the child or anything, you know. So they can be, the, the child can end up being a victim of abuse if let's say the child's um, presence in the house takes a, a toll, starts taking a toll on the relatives, you know. Like uh, maybe even small things like uh, the daily living, the, the way they live, like if the child doesn't clean up, doesn't make the bed or anything, some things like that could set a trigger. And maybe the relatives might even like, uh, or you're just like your mom or your dad because, you know, they probably grew up with the mom and dad, right? Or mom or dad. So I think... Uh, it's 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 safe to be with your relative if the relative is actually, you know, maybe doesn't have children or you know they are not that sort of character where they are actually very very understanding people. But I still think that you know, um, even though there okay. are risks involved or a possibility of a bigger problem coming up from that, I still think that staying with the relatives is a better option provided the child actually wants to stay with that relative. I think we shouldn't put a child in a place that Correct. the child doesn't want to go. That's just going Correct. to not so, work. So um, there's another way to actually see this as well. Um, we do see many cases in Singapore whereby for certain reasons, um, while the divorce is happening or even after the divorce has happened, the child gets taken away from the... Um, custody holder and gets placed into a relative's home can be due to many Mm. reasons maybe um the custody the person holding custody is not stable um imprisonment or any or Mm. maybe even not even financially stable Mm. so um it's actually um the custody holder's choice to Mm. put the child into a relative's home so there are things like this but there mm. will come point a time whereby um the kids would actually start feeling, you know, 
rebellious against this decision, especially if they're at their preteen age. Yeah, so, um, and mm. when they start reacting, um, I wouldn't say that all relatives would do this, but then when they start reacting against how they feel, mm. that's when um, some, we do see some cases in Singapore mm. whereby the relative that's um, taking care of these kids um, just can't take them anymore, just can't um, condone to their behaviours and then you see the abuse happening there as well. Yeah. Mm. So those are another kind of case. Yeah, so that... Hmm, but... Okay, I mean, in you are also uh, part... I mean, your parents have gone through a divorce before, so have my parents. So given our... I mean, given your personal experience with divorce in between your parents... What would you have choose? Relatives, children's home, or foster parents? Um, huh. Wow, that's a tough question. Okay, so um, in my case, um, the custody was actually um, hold by my mom. And then, um, but at that point of time, hmm. since um, the marital home was actually um, dissolved in the divorce, we ended up staying with relatives. Um, hmm my mom's relatives, okay? Um, initially, it was mm. all sweet and nice. And then it came to a point of time where I heard a lot of things being said against my father. And I was a person very who was very close, mm. who not was, but is until today very close with my dad. And then it starts happening whereby they take my mom's side and they um, actually say bad things about my dad okay fine mm. they do have a right of being protective about my mother and you know they tend to side to my mother but they don't what they don't understand is but mm. by doing this you're also affecting the child who's um going through this divorce as well okay so i so in my case i heard a lot mm. of things being said about my father and yes despite no matter what happened between my mom and my dad i still love them and time I love them both equally mm. but I was closer to my dad and you know my dad's side mm-hmm. more so the thing is that when I started hearing mm-hmm. things being said and you know eventually it started being it started from things being said about my dad to family members um from my mom's side who started comparing me with my dad every single mm. mistake I did every single thing I said every single way I reacted was somehow linked to my father. It was this term was used by you are exactly like your father. You will turn out like your father. Mm. And you know, it it is it was very hurting. And to be honest, I mm. until today still do not understand why I reacted the way I reacted, but that caused me to rebel mm. more. And mm. being a girl, um being a girl and following Singapore law, normally the custody is normally given to my, to the mothers. Yeah. So I didn't really Mm -hmm. have much of a choice and I didn't know what to do at that point of time. So the only I could Mm -hmm. show my disagreement and show my anger was to react in a way, to react in a way, but in a stupid way I would say is that to react in a way that to show them that since you're saying that I'm exactly my father, I behave exactly my father. This is the way I'll behave. Since you say, since you're saying it this way, I will behave this way. Instead of proving them wrong, I actually behave. But mm. there was no way. I didn't until today. I don't understand how I reacted, and you know what I was doing. How they linked it with me being like my father. Mm. Yeah, but it's things like that that happen. So when you ask me if I would prefer to stay in a relative home or children's home or foster parent. At that point of time, remembering how it felt like when I was 13, 14 years old, I would have said, if given an option, if the option was really given to me, I would have preferred staying with my dad. I know things would have gone differently. My life would have turned out differently, but I would have preferred staying with my dad. And if that wasn't the case if I really had an option back then. Okay. There was a technical error. 
and I have no idea where we left off, but we're still going to pick it up from wherever we think we 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 got cut off. Um, so yeah, you were going to answer the question about that you where you would actually prefer to have stayed at that time, whether it was with your relatives or assurance home or foster parent, and you said you would want to stay with your dad, but that wasn't even in the options. Yeah. I mean, at so, that point of time, I didn't know that I had an option. Because yeah, of a divorce and but now that you know, but now that you know, what is your choice? Given that these are the only three options, I mean, not that you're staying with your parents is even an option. It's not an option. So, given these three options, where do you think you would have preferred to go? Given your situation back then, I think based on what I've experienced and everything, I. Think that I would have preferred to have stayed with relatives, but relatives meaning um, the people who actually brought me up, the people who actually took care of me when I was younger. So meaning my dad's side, I would have preferred to stay with them instead, if you ask me. Okay. Uh, and then what would your second choice have been? My second choice would have been... Uh, if you ask me to pick between a foster home and children's home, I would have picked a children's home. Children's home. Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, being foster yeah. parents. Okay. So, I mean, like I, I, we highlighted earlier on that you also come from uh, a divorce background, not personal, as in your parents. And I also have divorced parents. But at that point of time, I had the opportunity, I would say, with, you know, <laughs> inverted commas, to stay in a relative's home and a children's home. So uh, thank God I didn't have to stay with foster parents. I don't know. I, I you know, in like or whatever you know they do show you the challenges of a child you know like getting acquainted with a new family and everything and you know and then in the end of the day it's always rainbows and butterflies and everything is fine they all click in the end of the movie because it's a movie that's how it's supposed to end right. in a good note but let's be honest not every foster parent that ends up with a child that whose parents are going through a divorce would necessarily end in a uh, happily ever after kind of you know, scenario. That's very true. So that it was that that wasn't even an option. That wasn't even an option for me, like staying with a brand new family, uh, with people who are probably going to take on an authoritative, uh, you know, approach with you because they are technically like supposed to substitute your parents. But that seemed very offensive to me because like my parents are not dead, so I didn't want. The, you know like them to be replaced by a brand new family and I think I wouldn't have I wouldn't have settled down I would have definitely made a big fuss about it like if that was an option but thank god that wasn't an option and staying with my relatives was like the first thing and then after that there was no way I could stay with my relatives because my dad actually um got me to stay with my mom's okay. sister so I don't know how that worked because you would think that if my dad wanted to put me on, in safe grounds, he would have put me with somebody on his side. Okay. But he wasn't close with his side of the relatives and the only relatives he had ever known, uh, any family he had ever known was the, the, the family that he knew once my mom and dad got married, like my mom's side. So... I ended up staying with her. That didn't work well as well because basically it was just like they didn't actually care for my welfare. Like they didn't give any thought to what am I going through emotionally, nothing. For them, it was just like they behaved like as if I was there for the holidays. Okay. The basic necessities were met. Like there was always food on the table and then uh, I had my cousin sister who was with me. But then... Because I didn't have my parents around and she's, she was like, I think, two or three years older. She started like hanging out after school. But, you know, I would hang out with her. So I think that was like my first dose of going against okay. uh, an authority. 
and then boomtown it picked it picked up from there after that i just went berserk i just went like oh so you can get away with this then you can get away with everything else because your parents are not there yeah and then subsequently landed myself <laughs> into a children's home because of all that experimenting <laughs> uh but you know what if i had asked myself the same question where i mean where would i have chose to stay i would have definitely chose children's home i know back then it seemed like oh you're punishing me why are you putting me uh, with children that are you know have, are probably going through the same thing as me or they're just juveniles you know they they bad children you know why would you put me with them but in all honesty back then they did have their reasons why and it's very difficult to make a teenager see a reason why i'm putting you in an institution it is very difficult and at that point in time i wasn't willing to listen because for me it was like oh you're ripping off my yeah. freedom away from me correct you know so and that was all you care about as a teenager you want to be independent you want to make your choices you want to be cool you want to have freedom you want to be on par with the cool kids and then but it doesn't make sense it it, does, it doesn't repay you to be cool when you're in, in as a teenager i think it repays you to be a nerd in secondary school days because you probably can achieve more when you're older <laughs> compared to just wasting the entire four years of your secondary life just doing mm-hmm. playing truant you know so i would have chose children's home because whatever i in, was familiar with growing up like the whole disciplined way of growing up the same thing was imposed in the children's home so it was easy for me to follow like a timetable that they had set or the expectation of cleanliness and responsibilities it was easy for me to settle in that because okay. that was my upbringing so i think that kind of like uh made me who i am today where i'm i'm I would not like to say that I'm very rigid and by the book kind of girl like I do bend and mend ways to better suit my life but I'm just more of a person that uh things have to be planned things have to be straight things have to be I'm not a perfectionist but I prefer to know how the day is going to run you know like we all have our own responsibilities like you know when i spoke about uh, when we spoke about gender equality right we were talking about how work should be distributed Correct. among everybody in the family so a lot of that actually came from the children's home where they didn't give a damn whether you're a boy or a girl because as long as you are in the home you are a resident of the home and you are required to do this so being being able to see that as i was growing up i find that it's it's absolutely unacceptable when a child doesn't do the basic right. stuff that they are required to do you know yeah so then upbringing actually helped me a lot because of the discipline that they had instilled on in children's home the consequences that they that we go through for not doing something basically the punishment that we get is much more how you say sensible although some of it doesn't make sense but then it's more of like a learning curve you know like you do a mistake and then the consequence is supposed to teach you something whereas if you're going to stay with a a relative or foster parents i don't think they will construct such consequences or punishments for you where you learn something out of it it's basically going to be like abuse i'm going to hit you i'm going to whack you and then you know just don't do it just say that one liner or don't do this again and then they don't actually sit down and explain to you why and if this happens again this is going to happen you know they don't spoon feed you how to grow up so in children's home it's very different and personally touch wood but if anything were to happen in my marriage mm-hmm. uh because i have zero relatives to depend on i have got absolutely no choice but to put my child in a children's home that i am well acquainted with and okay. i know the system and given that singapore now mcys and everything they are putting the child's protection first it is highly unlikely a child will get abused in a home in this day and age true. now okay there is there is there is yeah. two ways to look at it yes the child protection um law in singapore would mm. make sure that you know kids don't get abused in this home but this abuse, happens yeah. only if 
um, this will happen only um, this protection only covers um, the adults or the caretakers actually from abusing these kids what we do what we do know is that mm. even the main concern i mean even as a mother of three boys today a main concern would actually be not what the caretakers do to them but what other residents do to them there yeah residents do i mean that's in, inevitable like when i when i was in there as well there was like even if it doesn't happen to you you get to witness things a child shouldn't be witnessing like another child getting bashed up by another child like you get to witness stuff like that you even subconsciously would become an accomplice of this entire process because you were there and you did nothing yeah. you, you get what i'm saying so a lot of situations is like it's a very sticky situation where you you become supposed to such characters because you don't see them in secondary school you don't see them at home and then when you get sent to a children's home you see a lot of other characters correct a lot of other things like smoke like smoking smuggling things in or fights between residents or i don't know a lot of things like even um puppy love you get if you are in a mixed children's home you get exposed to that you know and all that and then the topics they talk about because everyone there is the, is the, almost the same age as you so there's a lot of exposure to things that a parent or the the caretakers in there cannot control yeah true true but it has to happen it, i mean you can't shelter any child in any situation for that long unless they, i mean even in prison it's going to be like yeah. that you're going to be exposed to people so it's about your choices right in the end of the day all these um other programs that they give you in the children home would actually kind of like train your brain to make better choices True. and also they let you they let they give you talks on on like all these things that if you were to continue being a juvenile then this is the things that is going to possibly happen to you and they call ex convicts to come and give talks and like that. i think these programs are programs that you cannot get at a relative's house or foster parent's house true but that just that you get what i'm true. saying so these are life lessons yeah these are life lessons and these are not things that a secondary school would have done they wouldn't call an ex convict and let him tell his story or anything and because the children's home is segregated to like a boys block and a girls block the girls block have got to talk to a female ex convict so we know that if this is going to happen this is i mean if we're going to go in our in our you know in our bad ways this is what going is going to happen so instead of someone telling you this is possibly what's going to happen to you we get someone who has already gone through the shit of it and tell you look where i am now is because i didn't make the right decisions when i you know when i was your age so because of all these problems i mean by all these programs i think the children's home was actually beneficial by far the best thing the best thing that happened to me throughout the entire divorce i i know anyone who's listening to this who is in insurance home would back to differ and like oh my god you have got no idea what you're talking about like you know but for me it's by far the best thing that's ever happened to me because i learned a lot i saw a lot um it made me a better person today yeah that's good that's very so good. definitely def yeah but not all the credit goes to the home lah because <laughs> the obviously the homes the the home that i was in has has got some dysfunctional ways of doing things but uh i believe that you can come out from a home either worse or really get a rude awakening and come out better in the end of the day it's a choice yeah i mean so you do i i cannot what these homes actually yeah, do same. um i'll give you tools to help rebuild yourself to help you think better mm. so whether you use these tools mm. to actually um improve yourself or to just drop these mm. tools and you know say what screw you i'm not going to listen to you this is the way i am it can go both mm. ways so it ultimately depends on the child itself individual yeah, yeah. correct and also um one thing we have to consider is that the mentality when the child gets put into that home the mentality that the child mm. has before putting him or her into that home 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the if the child has a very like bad mentality, thinking you know what, my parents hate me. That's why you know they got divorced, and out of the divorce, they just threw me into this home. He's going to seek mm-hmm. out for approval from friends inside the home, and if and only mm. if he gets good friends in this homes he would actually um be able to improve himself but what if he get, get clicks with the um i don't wish to use this word but what if he clicks into the rotten group <laughs> what happens to mm. him then but you see that the approach that okay the thing is that It's inevitable, right? The kind of children you're going to meet in there, you're going to meet someone who's probably going to smash your face against the wall or someone is absolutely rude or a child who doesn't say anything but only spews out vulgarities. You know, you're going to meet. You you may have gone in there as an angel not exposed to even five vulgar words in your life, but when you go there, you get to know the entire dictionary, <laughs> you know, of vulgarities. So That's why I'm saying the exposure is something that there's no control, but you can see someone going through a consequence for using True. it. Yeah. So that is actually that learning lesson: the fact that you don't have to use it to learn it, the fact that someone used it and there are consequences is there for everyone to see. You already have. You already know this is wrong, and you shouldn't be doing it. But obviously, if that guy is way too cool, he just inspires all the other ones to use yeah. that kind of words, lah. You know, so it's something like I said, it's life experiences. Life has been throwing a lot of um, situations where we have to make choices from the day that a child is born. You know, okay, maybe a child doesn't have much of a choices and until the child is like a toddler or whatever. But after that, life is all about choices. There's That there, there is no one way of things in life. There's always like a few ways, and then you make your right. choices what you want to do. So, it it is just that something that is being brought forward. That means you are forced to grow up at a higher, faster rate compared to a child who's growing with the parents because you're exposed to ma- ma- many more things, and you have to make you join the crowd, the crowd, and do the right thing. Yeah. Which is tough because you could get bullied for being the angel there, and like you yeah. know, like, ah, uh, what is that word? Like, if someone is doing something wrong, and then you go and like sabo them and tell them, hey, this person is doing wrong, just something wrong, just to get brownie points from the authorities there. I mean, you would get bashed up if you're gonna do that. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's a matter of learning how to mind your own business, and as long as you are not flowing in any other way, then it's good for you. And everyone does that inside, like to do a countdown and when they're going to get released. And then the day they get released, some of them just come back within the month, which is so funny. But it's sad. Yeah. It's sad, but it's honestly funny to see somebody like, oh my god, so two years didn't teach you anything, and then you went out and you had to come back again. Like is that how much you actually treasured your freedom, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's the sad thing, though, is that yeah, most of them who gets put into children's home while the divorce is happening, or even after the divorce has happened, mm. the sad thing is that those who gets put into children's home um correct me if i'm wrong mm. but then most of them do not have that choice of making a decision from themselves they don't have because everything is imposed on them yeah but correct. at the same time it's like when i when i said having a chance and making a choice is whether you want to because you're exposed to bad bad kids and good kids it's a choice who you want to be you know Forcing you to hang out with the that that is what I say is a choice. But the fact see bad thing what they do, you have stuff that you don't want to hear. Stuff you don't want, you know you have to see. You have to go through. Things that you got no control of. But that that's just the livelihood in in a children's home. So a children's home gives you life experiences and skills. But it's a matter of what you do with it. You know, you can either become a bigger badass, mm-hmm. or you could 
say, you know what, I don't want to end up here again. I just want to do what's right. Yeah. Uh, so it's choices. Yeah, it's the choices you make in the end of the day. Yeah. And there are a couple of homes in Singapore. Um, there are like the Salvation Army. There's like Andrew and Grace. There's so many others. And uh, the good thing about these homes is that they do have in-house counsellors. So it's not like a child cannot go and see a counsellor and talk about what's really affecting them mentally. So mm-hmm. I think that is a good thing that in these homes, they have a counsellor that is based in-house. So it's not just all authority and bad kids. There are also people who would actually take time to give you their individual time to you and listen to what you need to talk about, you know, yeah. and help you. Yeah, they actually help you. Um, and talking about children in care, that's one thing that I would have liked mm. to I would have liked to see when I was actually going through not I was going through a divorce, but my parents was going mm. through a divorce. Um, mm. I was actually, it was actually a few weeks after I joined secondary school. So one thing I would have mm. liked to see at that point of time was, okay, apart from children's home, apart from court counsellors, apart from families, mm. family centres trying to help, one thing mm. that would have been nice at that point of time was actually for schools to step in, especially when they uh, mm. know that the kids are going through um, the pa- the parents of these kids are going through a divorce. The schools, mm. I it might have changed now. Okay, it's been I like mean, it, twenty years. Uh, having so it might school counselors, yeah, having school counselors now is more of a norm. Like back in my second, back in the days where I was in secondary school, we had no such thing as school counselors. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did. Uh, the thing is that I did have a school counselor, but that was um when we actually moved to um the relative's house, and I actually mm. had to change secondary school. Mm. Um, in that second school, I did have a counselor who mm. um was attached to me, but not because of the divorce, not because of everything else, but because of my behavior that started to change after all these many changes was happening because not only uh, were my parents getting divorced, um, mm. we did we no longer have the I.O. Uh, mm. We no longer have the um, home mm. where my parents uh, stayed in. We no longer mm. have that super close family bond that we used to have. Mm. And not only that, everything was changing at a very fast pace. Mm everything was changing at a super fast pace whereby my life had changed, my home had changed, my family had changed. And then the last thing that I had hold on to, my school, my school had changed after that. Mm. And it was it was really difficult for me. I mean, I wasn't a pure angel when I, when um, my family got, my parents got divorced. So mm. I did start showing a bit of signs of uh, rebelliousness Um the minute that I found out that they were getting a divorce. Mm. Because at the point of time, it was such a painful thing to go home to. Mm. I mean, my dad had already moved out at the mm. point of time, but the thing is that it was such a painful thing because I didn't have that same family nucleus staying yeah. in the same household. Mm. Yeah. So I always, at that point of time, I mean, it was a mistake, but at that point of time, I always chose my friends. I always chose to hang out after school instead of going home but it was always the better preference to mm. hang out after school so mm. what I did was to hook on to friends who actually did that mm. to not go home after school to hang out and most of them weren't in my class at all you see the, the biggest problem for kids is that when home becomes a place that they actually don't want to go back to and they want to avoid that is when the entire problem starts and you know what's sad a lot of divorces I don't understand why a lot of divorces happens when the child is in during their teens like why like I don't know I don't know whether there's actually some kind of studies or some kind of statistics that we can refer to onto like how old is a child usually when a divorce starts happening like my question is that if this had happened when I was in primary school I have a very strong feeling things would have been different. Or if this was happening, like when I'm 
20 years like maybe what late 20 late 20s that means i'm already starting to work mm-hmm. and all that then things would have been very different but why teenage like why why are children of divorce most of the time very young or they are teenagers like i know parents think that okay this is the the earlier we snub it it will be good but there are, if there is children involved it is honestly not just the decision of two people i think it really comes down to the child having a bit of a say on what they want them to do until the child yeah. can see it for themselves they like, look this is not going to work between my mom and dad like okay now the government is actually like singapore government is actually making it like mandatory for like mediation and stuff like that where, where the children involved you know they want to see whether there's a way that they can reconcile they don't want them to resort to divorce without mediation in certain circumstances mediation is not even an option because we're talking about cheating or uh, uh, a husband is physical abuse physical abuse or probably just not in the picture just abandon the family these are situations where mediation will not help okay but if something like it's a character flaw or whatever then maybe mediation and counseling might help but in all honesty if this person's character has been like that for the longest time i don't think it might change for the same person you know like because the person knows that you're going to accept them no matter how bad they are and everything and you will still resort to counseling just to make your life maybe that issue would be a temporary uh how you say a temporary solution but long term they might still go back to who they are because that's who they are it's true unless true. they want to change themselves then they can but you cannot impose counseling and expect a person to change i think it's a temporary solution i'm just saying this based on my own personal experiences it could be different for anyone i don't want to say that counseling is not effective but it could be effective if both parties are willing to make a change for the betterment of their children but if both parties already yeah. decide they don't want to be together and their children involved and they still make that decision knowing that the child is going to be extremely affected then i really don't know how to make this any better for the child who's the victim in this entire process yeah that's very true as well it's a bit difficult it's a bit difficult for them i think counseling only works when you are ready really to listen mm Yeah so it only works then so you need to understand one thing i think parents who are going through a divorce and who have kids at especially a teenage age or okay for younger kids it might not work hmm. but especially a teenage age if you have if you are going through a divorce and if you have teenage kids one thing you have to understand is that if before sending the kid for counseling or so whatsoever they think that is going to help you need to understand if the child is ready to listen whether the child is ready to talk yeah i mean counseling so is not something you impose on i mean you can get the child to go for counseling but i think it's up it's the counselor who needs to have a better approach like make sure the child is comfortable with the counselor first then straight away talk about the problem not straight away you know just like don't establish a relationship with the child and then just you know hey i'm here to counsel you yeah you know it's not going to work so no i mean i was i was one of, i was i was one of the child who was brought to a counselor mm. both school counselor and a, a um outside family service center counselor mm. and i was a per- and even though i know that their intentions are good mm. and why i i am at uh, counseling at that point of time mm. my only question that was running in my head is that the minute they say that they understand you know that that term that they use i understand my my head in my head i was thinking what do you understand you understand based on stories that you have heard you have not been in that position yourself so don't tell me you understand unless you've really gone through it so actually i did ask one of my counselors that uh, i don't I really don't remember it was my school counselor or something i asked have you ever been through divorce or have you ever gone through divorce as a child 
Mm. And the counselor told me no. Then I asked the counselor, so what makes you think that you understand what I'm going through right now? Mm. And that's what I, that was my mentality back then. It's like people people keep on coming to people who did not go through this in life. The problem with me was people who had not been through this in life, whether it's on their own going through a divorce or, you know, as a child, they have seen divorce and everything. Mm. They were the ones coming up to me, trying to talk to me, trying to console me, trying to tell me, um, you know, this is not how you should be doing it is or telling me, oh, I understand how you feel. But my problem with all those people were, you all have perfect lives out there. You all have no idea what I'm going through. You all have no idea what's running in my head. So please don't come and tell me that I understand because nobody really does. Unless you've been through it, you won't understand. So at that point of time, I knew that I, this was about 14, 15 years old. Mm. At that point of time, that's how my mentality was. Mm. It's like, I didn't want to listen to people. I Right now, when I think back about what people said to me, it really made sense. Mm. All those ideas, all those things that they've, <laughs> tried to teach me really made sense but at that age I wasn't ready to listen mm. yeah so that's one thing that parents who are going through divorce might need to think about as well putting kids into counseling number one is that you have to make sure that the counselor understand what happens at home not just because you were referred to the counselor or just referred to the family center just dump your kid there you have to make sure that the fam- the counsellor understands what's exactly happening at home. The counsellor understands exactly what your child is feeling. Mm. And you have to be that person. If you want a better session for your kid, if you want your kid to benefit from the counselling, you need to make sure that you stand there for your child. Mm. And that's what I lacked. And that's what I felt I, I lacked on. It's because I was dumb for counselling. Yes, my mother did follow me. But that's it. She was just accompanying me for counselling and I had to go through the session and then every time after a session I think that you know maybe what I've shared with this counsellor might have worked or she might have told my mother or she might have had her ways to tell mother it doesn't it didn't matter mm. whatever feelings I dumped or the counsellor didn't matter so that's when at the point of time I switched whatever the counsellor tell me I'll be like yes yes I feel this way because I know the counselling is not going to help mm. I mean, it's a bit stupid, yes. I know it's a bit rebellious, yes. But then that was my mentality at that point of time. But it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if you were to, anyone who's listening to this would know that you're making sense because if the counsellor hasn't personally gone through a divorce with her parents, like the parents or herself, or a counsellor could be a girl or a guy, but they don't have such an experience themselves, I don't think they're exactly in the best position position to counsel based on what they have learned in textbooks or role play. Yeah, correct. In in I don't know how counseling uh, modules are or whatever it is, but the thing is that to me counseling is like you think a person pep talking me and telling me to do things that at the back of my head, which I know I can easily do this without somebody telling me this. But I chose not to do it because, listen, this is the way I actually express how I feel about this entire divorce by rebelling, by staying away from home. You are telling me that, oh, I should just lock myself in the room and not listen to my parents fight. Come on. This is your solution. I would rather just not go back home, right? (laughs) So there was a lot of things that the textbook solution will not apply to every child who's going through a divorce with their parents you ha- they, they forget to and understand one thing, they, they forget and to one understand thing I need that, to point out yeah so one thing i need to point out as well apart mm. from okay maybe it's a, it's a bit um sidestepping here a bit mm. but one thing i also would like to point out based on my experience as well is that I think people who are going through divorce right now, especially mothers who are going through divorce right now mm. um, and who have kids at the preteen age or even a, a bit later in the teenage years, um, one thing that some of them forget is that the minute you take over custody of a child, you become the protector of the child. It doesn't matter whether it's your own family member saying something or even you saying something. 
you swore to protect the child. You swore to keep the child healthy and safe and everything. One thing that all divorced mothers will go through is stress. And I'm not saying, I'm not denying it. Because doing everything single-handedly, it's definitely a bit difficult. Mm. Not a bit, very difficult. But one thing, I, I remember I was telling you something about a relative saying that I was exactly like my father. Mm. Just because the other partner made a mistake in your relationship, in the marriage, you shouldn't direct the anger to a child. So another thing mm. that I wanted to bring up was, you know, this BGF relation, uh, BGF relationships are actually very common in secondary school. It normally starts cropping up in secondary schools. Okay? So it mm. normally starts happening in secondary school. Okay, wait. Sorry, let me correct, correct myself. BGR. Okay, yeah. Not BGF, BGR, yeah. sorry. Um, so I was thinking, is this some new <laughs> term that I'm not I'm not aware of given my age? I was like, is this some new thing, BGF? No. What is that supposed no, to be? No, Boy no, girl no. friendship? Uh, maybe you could put it that way. Okay, like, it's BGR. <laughs> so something that got cropped up. Um it normally yeah. crops up during the secondary school years. Um, for almost everybody actually. So what happened was one thing that mm. was thrown against me and I will never forget till date is that um, I was in a relationship with somebody from a different school but it was a pure mm. heavenly relationship in the sense that we were boyfriend and girlfriend but we didn't even hold hands we would sit we would mm. meet we would talk about everything and then after that we would go back home that kind of relationship and then my mother allowed herself and allowed her siblings to actually say that I was craving mm. for a boy's attention because I missed my father. Mm. And so basically if we boil down this to that one phrase that they always say the girl has got yeah, daddy issues. So that's what I'm trying to point out. You know mm. all these words at a point of time when you say things like that um God knows whether people meant it or not, but then it really takes a toll on the child who's going through this whole divorce thing in their life. The more you're gonna like you see, they never they never ask for the divorce. The child never asked for a divorce. It's a decision made by two adults who should have considered the child's future and what are they gonna uh, do? You know, they have to. Not just like, okay, we have a lot to talk about if we talk about <laughs> this divorce thing. Because honestly, especially when you have got first-hand experience in divorce as a person ourselves or um, uh, our parents getting a divorce or someone we know has a divorce. or As long as you know someone who is going through a divorce with a kid in it, it is a never-ending yeah, topic for both of us. Let's just face that. We could go to part four after part 10. We could even write a book on this, I think. But I just want to come back to one last thing on our agenda, mm -hmm. on our topic, which is the foster parents, because we kind of sidetrack from yeah. the homes all the way to counseling, to, you know, what is right, what is not right. But, in, I mean, let's just face it. Divorce is not something that happens between two people and then that's the end of it. The consequences last an entire yeah, lifetime. It does, it does. My parents went through a divorce when I was in was a teenager. I am still battling with it till today because I talked to both parents. So I kind of like made myself uh, understand why they went through the divorce. At the same time, I made this whole, how you say, I made this whole, I made my life, make it seem like I do have my mom and dad. Only thing is that I can't see them in the same place together. Yeah. That's all. But I have my mom and I have my dad. My The only time I saw them together was when I was getting married. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. But I just appreciated the fact that they kept their differences aside and attended my wedding and did what they had to do. So in, in that sense, I feel that they were forced to get over it yeah. now. Yeah, they were forced to get over it, put their differences aside and put their child as the priority. That one day 
my wedding changed everything for me because i was like okay you two have grown up you are able to put your differences aside and put me as a priority and attend my wedding and not put yourselves first like what you guys did before yeah true you know where you guys thought that okay i'm just going to put you here i'm going to put you there and if that doesn't work i'll put you here but we are going to divorce <laughs> okay and you just grow up you know you you just grow up however you want to grow up just grow up okay if i cannot handle you i'll put you in an institution it's like it was like the most easiest thing for them to get away with and i was the girl like yeah put me in an institution put me there for three damn years i'm cool with that you know i was like that i was like i'd rather be there than be with y'all <laughs> i was like that so if you're going to let me out i'm going to work my way through going back in again <laughs> Yeah. So what is the point? Just put me in there for the entire period of the divorce and when I come out everything is done. Yeah. You know? So I tried. I tried staying in the mom's custody, I tried staying in my dad's custody, I tried staying in the children's home custody, I tried staying in a relative's custody. By far none of it worked except for the children's home. Okay? So I will choose the home. But based on my personal uh, experience I'll choose the home. But let's come to something that you and I both don't have experience yeah, foster in. Foster homes. And that is not not foster home, foster yeah, foster yeah. home, foster parents. We both don't have experience. My only um knowledge about foster parents is based on two things. Based on Hollywood movies that I've watched because I don't think they make enough Tamil movies about foster oh, parents. <laughs> But they have done a lot of movies about foster parents. uh in in hollywood those are that is one of my knowledge on it and another thing is that my my husband's side there is an aunt that he has that is fostering two girls okay uh yeah so she is yet to adopt them or something the process is is not something i'm familiar with i have no idea but these are the only two This is the only one first hand experience that I know that I know someone who's actually fostering two kids and then another one other knowledge is from Hollywood movies. So what's your take on foster parents? Um okay like you I don't have first hand experience but then um from what I understand in Singapore unlike what we see in Hollywood movies and unlike what we see in documentaries um they're based in the US or you know mm. maybe a certain parts of Europe what happens here mm-hmm. is totally different because number one kids here especially foster kids before they are placed into homes they are actually protected mm. well protected by the law so there's no hanky panky that mm. can get around there's no such thing as you know abusing them not giving them food because foster mm. kids are regularly checked up on by social workers and everything mm. so the homes and all that are always checked up on mm. and i do know a few people who mm. had their kids in foster care as well um Mm. There are some good experiences shared with us, and there are some um bitter ones as well. As in, bitter ones happen not because of um the foster parents, but bitter bitter experiences happen because the kid is not able to uh, accept the foster home to settle yeah. in, yeah, and to even settle and, in. And um, yeah. uh, knowing that mm. child, um, I've known that child quite well. I've known the child since mm. he was a young boy, um. He's mm. a very bright, very um cheerful kind of boy, and then um from what I understand is that he couldn't accept being put into a foster home because of the mistakes that his parents did. He couldn't accept being put in the foster mm. home because nobody. He had such a huge family with so many auntie uncles, but nobody wanted to take mm. him in. That's what made the experience better. But mm. in Singapore, relatively, foster homes are safe. kids are always being checked mm. up on i mean it also is due to the size of our country that's why um the government can actually keep close watch on foster homes as well and we do see um mm. i think if i'm not wrong i saw a program on channel news asia about a couple who actually takes in foster kids as well um and they take in mm. foster foster care um foster kids of different uh, race and religion and the way mm. they bring up their kids it, it, it was it was a nice thing to see um some of them were put because um their families were going through a very bitter divorce the both parents didn't have mm. the capacity of taking care of the child or some of them was going through a divorce mm. um the parent one of mm. the parent might have passed away and the other one's in prison something like that 
and the way they actually take mm. care of those kids was actually quite heartwarming to see. So what we see in Hollywood movies is a total different thing of mm. what we see in Singapore. Yeah, I mean we have to take into consideration uh, the, the evaluation, yeah, and also the culture, of the country. But I believe that in Singapore, if you want to be a foster parent, it's not easy. Also, I think you have to go through a couple of like their own evaluation and analysis whether you're fit to even be a foster parent, Correct. right? And all that. So, um, I think foster parenting uh, is. For a for a parent, for the foster parent or the parents, if it's a married couple, for them to actually even want to do it, I think it's very selfless of them. It's actually very nice of them to do it because you're taking in someone else's child, yeah, and you do understand the the softness, the delicacy of delicacy, the delicate. <laughs> That was food, yes, right? I think so. That was for food. <laughs> yeah, it was food. I think it's way past lunchtime. That's why I'm hungry. <laughs> but they would understand the delicate uh, and very uh, sensitive, the sensitivity of the case, right, of the, of the child. You know, they will have the background of the child given to them before they can even foster the kids and all that. So they have to be sensitive to the child's feelings. So... I like the fact that Singapore has got a profile analysis or evaluation kind of thing that is very hardcore so that the child's are, they can guarantee the child is going to a safe Yeah, correct. Right? Yeah, and the visits and all these things makes it even more heartwarming to know that it's not like they take a child and place it in a home and then they don't care about the child. It's a clo- it's a close case. Yeah. You know, they actually do keep watch on the child, which is actually very heartwarming to know. But um, that wasn't an, that wasn't even put as an option when I was going through whatever I was going through. But as an adult now, I think that that might knowing how they can become foster parents. That means they go actually go through a strenuous um, analysis, yeah. background check before they can even... If I know that information back then, I would have, I may have chose foster parenting. Maybe. I don't know. I can't... I mean, now that I'm an adult, I may. Back then, if you were to ask me whether I choose to stay with relatives or home, I would have still chose home. But now that I'm a grown-ass woman, I think... I would be torn between a home and a foster parent. Yeah, true. Yeah. I might be torn between that because I know that a foster parent has got nothing to give but just love because they are selfless for even wanting to take you into your into their home. Yeah. Like knowing the child's yeah. case. Yeah. So maybe their approach would have been much, much, much more sensitive and much more slower to get to know us and be in our good books as well. They, they would have, it would have been a two-way street, like we getting to know them and they getting to know us. Just like, I'm sad to say this, but it's just like a new pet coming into the family. The, the pet takes time to get used to the family. Family get, takes time to get used to the, the pet's character and all that. So it's just like that. It's just about settling in. And it will take a long yeah. time for some people. I mean, if the child is younger, it's easy to break the ice because they're young. But if it's a teenager, that's that's going to take a long time. Yeah, it did. It, it, for my friend, it did. Um, mm. But thank God, um, the mother and the father um, mm. came out, got clean and managed to take him out in time. Mm. So they worked, they, they did a mistake. Mm. Um, they were given a second chance and they really proved it to um, the agencies that they're working with, the different government mm. agencies they're working with, and they fought mm. for their kid back. Mm. And now he's doing so much better. So that's a good sign. But yeah, if you can, if you ask me, um, if I knew, if this foster home thing was put out to me back then, and mm. if I had this much knowledge as I have today, mm. then maybe I would have considered Maybe, but then again, I would rather stay in a with your relatives. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, first choice would definitely be relatives, but mm. between foster, foster parents and a children's home, I think I would have chose a children's home. I'd rather stay in a home, a children's home, knowing that you know I'm going there to be around children other of kids. your age, yeah, yeah, then yeah. knowing going into another family nucleus and thinking, wait, 
I do have a big family hmm. with me. How come I'm with another family like that? It will cause hmm. it, at that point of time, it will make me miss my own family more. Hmm. And okay, I would have so, developed a serious hatredness against my parents if they had done so. The but the level of understanding and making sense out of the situation only comes with age. So back in yep, that correct. day, at that age, we were looking at who to blame, and yeah, we were just reacting true. out of anger. We because we were looking at who to blame, and we knew who to blame immediately. Our parents because we didn't do anything wrong. Right? It all right. started turning wrong after the divorce. So that's what I'm saying. So it's our way of actually like coping with our anger or, or coping with the entire situation. Some people close themselves up in a room. Some people cut their wrists. Some people just rebel like nobody's business. Some people just end up messing up with the law to get the attention that they need that their parents wasn't giving during the time of divorce. So every child reacts differently, but we know. Because we have gone through it, we know most likely how they're gonna react. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so I think, I think as much as it's avoidable, I think parents should avoid getting a divorce during the child's uh, teenage years. I mean, come on, there's puberty, and then you know there's hormones. That. Four years is basically the time where the child is going to do for approximately the rest of your life. Because if you screw up your secondary school, you can forget about your post-secondary, and that means your future is almost gone. You know what's right? the best part? Yeah, I managed to achieve in secondary school. I just screwed up the post-secondary after that. I just gave up. You know what? No matter I mean, what I do, happen. it's not going to be. Yeah, but it can happen at anyone at any time. You know, you don't know. Sometimes it may, may maybe the child. Academically, wasn't affected during the divorce. Like I have met children like that. Their entire school performance was on never changed, but their mm-hmm. extracurricular activities after school was a total different thing. That means they did go to school, like on a Monday to Friday, but the after school wasn't coming. It wasn't about coming back home, and the Saturday Sunday was basically just hanging out. But so long as they were in school, they were actively getting involved in school stuff. You know, so yeah. I know people who academically were able to perform, but socially and you know personally they were not. They were not in tune. So that is one thing. Now let's have this open discussion right now on our podcast because I think it's exciting. I want to. Shall we? Okay, since we have. We do know how it does it feel to stay with relatives, and I think the society also knows how it feels to stay in with relatives. A lot of people don't have much idea about foster parents. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have enough information, or uh, I don't think I I even give that option to somebody who asks me, "Hey, where do you think I should put child, or what do you think?" do a harmless thing but do you think we should get somebody who is actually a foster parent on our show to talk about the process and how does it feel to be a foster parent and what are the challenges they face do you think we should actually do that so that our listeners will also have an idea because it's not out there the information is not out there but you can find informations on the children's home website and you can obviously talk to your own relatives about what they feel about you getting their child to stay with them but we don't have much information about foster parents so what what do you think shall we shall we not yeah i think it's a good idea we can get somebody to come and share with us on um foster mm. homes foster parents and all that and have a closer idea, a better picture on how is it like, what was it like for them and all that. It would have been better because mm. neither of us have that experience from our end as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for those who are like listening to our podcast who are currently going through a divorce with kids, this might also be useful to them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It would, yeah. it would help better uh, help them make a more informed decision rather than just mm. going with their gut on what might work, what might work the best. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that most parents do not want to put their children in a home because they feel like the same thing. They feel like the child might just get even more worse exposure and be even more bad. So it's always the relatives the first choice, which I think it's okay. The first choice should be the relatives. But the subsequent choices is information that they need to know. So True. we see So if anyone who's listening to our podcast if you are a foster parent and you feel that you can share some of the things that you want to share uh then let us know by our email which will be on the description below uh or we will you can just find us on Facebook and Instagram and so on and then we can get in touch with you and we can speak more about foster parenting all right Okay so um I think this is we're going to stop here for today. Um it's yes. been a super long conversation and trust me mm-hmm. we could keep on going on and on and on about this. Yes. Yep. So um I think so would you like to end this off? Okay. So that will be the end for our entire topic on divorce. Uh next week we will be meeting you with our new topic which is apart from divorce but yeah probably a subtitle but we want to keep it on its own it will be foster parents and everything you Correct. need to know about foster parenting so catch us next week friday with a brand new episode same time anytime after 5 you can hear us out okay so take care have a great weekend bye bye see you